Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Four Ps podcast. You know, this whole month has been a little different as far as, you know, the episodes that we've had. And it's because of the entrepreneurial breakthrough that we had a couple weeks ago. Uh, Grace is my daughter. Her birthday was uh, last week. Uh, we also just got finished talking about my son, whose birthday was yesterday. Um, and then we had the Navy's birthday, which we always have to talk about the Navy's birthday. We have a couple of other things that are going on. This is holiday weeks and months and all these other things that are going on. And so we're always going to get off track a little bit. But this week, we are going to have a couple of history lessons, not because I want you to know about history. I want you to learn about some of the things that you could pick up from the stories that we have uh, in our past, U.S. history, world history, you name it. Uh, there are a lot of stories in our past that we can learn lessons from here in the 21st century. I know Sting had a song a couple of years, or well, a lot of years ago, oh my gosh, almost 35 years ago. It was 35 years ago, hit 36, as a matter of fact. It was called History Will Teach Us Nothing. Uh, it was on probably one of the greatest albums Sting ever came out with. That's when I first started falling in love with jazz. But I have to say, I disagree with that sentiment, even though the song is awesome. History can teach us a lot. And we are going to talk about uh, Harriet Tudman today, not in the mere fact that, I mean, I really want you to know about her. She was a fantastic woman, but I also want you to hear about how you can take some of the lessons that I learned and what that we could all learn from Harriet Tudman's life and apply them to what you are trying to do in your life today. We'll be right back after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Hello and welcome back to today's edition of the Four Ps podcast. Like I said, the next couple episodes are going to be very different. I'm going to bring up historical figures that um, really made an impact on U.S. history. Now, I could probably do some on world history. Uh, I love history, like I said before in the beginning of this podcast, but I do want to talk today about Harriet Tudman. And I'm not talking about it from the historical standpoint that you would think where I'm trying to give you the story. I am going to give you bits and pieces of the story, but I'm also going to show you how this relates to your life right now uh, and how it relates to your purpose, how it relates to your, it may, I'm not going to talk a lot of bit about, uh, a lot about planning, but it may uh, go with your planning as well. But it is going to talk about maybe your passion and it's definitely going to talk about your persistence. Harriet Tudman was born in, they don't know, they say between 1815 and 1822. They, in, in a lot of history books, it says March of 1822. They have other things that say 1815. This was slavery. They really didn't know when people were born during that time. However, she died in 1913. So I am probably going to venture to say she either she was 98 years old it's highly likely that she was she was 
you know, 79, 80 years old, as opposed to being uh, 98 years old when she passed away. She passed away in Auburn, New York. She was born a slave. And a lot of her, the early accounts of her in slavery were one of defiance and one of resistance and one of rebellion. And these were wonderful stories, if you want me to be honest with you, because I think that, you know, she said, uh-uh, I am not a slave and I am not going to stay a slave. And even though slaves back then, and, and, and this is going to sound so messed up, but I've done a lot of, of research on slaves. Slaves back then, if you were a slave, they fed you. They took, and I'm saying this in a very, very low Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs area. So I'm at the low end where I'm talking about food, shelter, and, and that's it. Food, shelter, and water. That's as low as I go. But if you were a slave, you were taken care of in those three aspects because you were property. It's almost like your car. Your car is not going to sit with you. Your car is not, I'm not in love with my car, but I will tell you right now, I'm going to make sure that thing is gassed up. I'm going to make sure it has good oil. It's going to be clean. Everything about that car. Why? Because that car serves a purpose for me. So I need, need to treat it right because it is a very valuable investment. And that's exactly how slaves were treated back then. Slaves did have a hut. Now, I mean, it was a hut and it was probably a really crappy hut. Matter of fact, I know it was a crappy hut because I've gone to a couple of these slave quarters, but they had food. And I mean, the food was probably pretty nasty. Matter of fact, not even probably it was nasty. I mean, a lot of the, 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 it was just nasty. It was just totally nasty. I'm sure. And they had water. They were taken care of. They were even they were even tend to as far as medical, not because they wanted them to live, but because they again, it was a very valuable investment back then. So they were treated better. Matter of fact, they were treated slaves were treated better than people who lived in poverty in the South. So white people who lived in poverty in the South probably were jealous because at least they didn't have to, they, at least the slaves in their eyes didn't have to struggle to eat where a lot of uh, white people who lived in poverty back in the South before the civil war, probably that's what they had to do. So with that being said, you know, I mean, still, you were still getting, you're getting whipped. You were getting, uh, you, you didn't have freedom of movement. You were not a citizen and you were just, I mean, they weren't, didn't even treat you like a human being. They treated you just a little better, maybe than the cattle and the sheep that they had on their farm. But lo and behold, that's not the life that that uh, Harry Tubman wanted to live. Harry Tubman wanted to be a free person. And like I said, there were several stories of her fighting back uh, with overseers and, and, and doing things when she was a, a midwife at one time and she was um, whipped because the child she was taking care of started to cry. And that did not go over well with Harriet. Harriet did not play that game. Eventually she wanted to move on. She wanted a better life. She wanted something better. And so she decided to leave. And she was married at the time uh, to a, a person by the last name of Redmond. I think it was George Redmond. And they were married and she went and she left and she went uh, to Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. And she escaped to Philadelphia from Maryland where she was originally. And when she escaped, she went, um, met up, got some shelter, 
that's you know everything she needed uh, for that time. This was before the Fugitive Slave Law, uh, Slave Act, and she was she was good to go. But she missed something. She wanted her family, so she went back several times to go get her family. She went back a lot uh, to get people. She freed over seventy people. Never lost one slave. Never lost one. Everyone she saved she got out she as she took them when the fugitive slave act was enacted she did not take them to philadelphia where she was she ended up taking them all the way up to saint catharines ontario where she actually took her parents uh to saint catharines and there are monuments in that area uh especially in buffalo around the uh there's a there's a there's a monument there um and it does commemorate uh, harriet tubman and her actions and so Talking about her, she took a lot of risk. And I can only imagine, you know, remember she left and she left on her own. She did not leave with her husband. I can only imagine one night she's sitting there and, and she's talking to her husband and she said, you know, it's time for me to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to live a better life, a life that is free. And I, her husband didn't go with her. And so I can only imagine if I take myself back to the 1800s, 1840s, I, I wonder what her husband said. What her husband said must have been, we have everything we need here. Why do you want to leave? And we see that a lot when it's time to make a great decision and make a strong decision. I remember years ago, uh, I was teaching and I was teaching this student. She was phenomenal. She was a great student. She was a hardworking student. And I nominated her to be the student of the year that year. She was graduating that year. There was a, a awards dinner where they where they were to sit down and eat and 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 get their award and and all that other stuff. And she brought her family with her, with her. And I remember walking over to her family. And I went to go shake her hand, uh, shake her family's hand, actually. And as I went over there, I remember shaking the mom's hand. And the mom said to me as she was shaking my hand, so you're the one that took my daughter away from me. And it stunned me. Uh, they did not live the greatest life in the world. And to be honest, you like Harriet Tudman, this student says she knew that there was something better. And she wanted to go out there and get it. And not only did she want to go back out there and get it, she wanted to show her family and come back and say, hey, I'm not only am I going to get it, I'm going to come back after I'm established and come back and get you so you can live the same life that I can live, which is better than the life that we have now. But the response from the mother was, you're the one that's taking my daughter away. And in this case, when I think about Harriet Tudman, I, I can't help but to think that that that's maybe what Harriet Tudman's uh, husband said. Her parents eventually did go with her, but the husband said, "You're the one. You, you're leaving. You're 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 leaving me, because me is very comfortable in the circumstance that we have right now. Yes, we are missing out on certain joys and certain privileges." of being free, but look at this. We have food, we have water, we have shelter, we have everything we need. And a lot of times people stay in their circumstance, even if it is bondage and slavery, because they're comfortable. And I and 
obviously that Harry Tudman was not about staying in her circumstance and staying in bondage. So, like I said, she left, she made it, she was free, she was coming back. She actually came back and got her brother, she got her sister, she got all these people. And then when she came back, she came back to get her husband. And when she came back to get her husband, it was too late. Husband didn't die. Husband remarried. Husband looked for someone that was just as comfortable in his circumstance as he was. What did Harriet do? Did Harriet say, well, I'm going to stay here now. I'm so sorry. I wish I could do. No, she went and took whoever wanted to go and she kept on going with life. And that's another thing that you need to realize that sometimes you, when you are ready to make that move, when you are ready to get uncomfortable, when you're ready to take that risk, that ultimate risk in life, whether it be starting a new business, starting a new career, going and leaving wherever you grew up and going to a place that you know is better, not that you feel is better, that you know is better. Whenever you're going and taking those steps, there's a lot of people that you're going to leave behind. There are a lot of friends that you're going to leave behind. I used to tell students all the time at, at school and in, in college, the very first class I was in, hey, a lot of friends that you have today, you're not going to have when you graduate college. Why? Because you are now leaving that circumstance. You are now moving on and going someplace. Either you're going to meet new people or the people that were with you before do not feel that they want to take that risk and that discomfort to to move forward with you so eventually what happens is you leave and one goes one way go one goes the other we see that a lot in marriages we see that a lot in families we see that a lot in business when you have partners one partner wants to do one thing the other partner wants to do something else and they're comfortable where they are and then eventually the business breaks apart we see that a lot and we did see that in harriet tudman's situation where at one point, well, at the at the point where the husband was like, I am really comfortable in this situation, he made the move to just go ahead and stay. And that's all he did. He stayed, he got married. And I do think that there was an exchange between the two of them. I saw the movie and obviously they did have an exchange. I don't know if there was a, a conversation between all three. I'm sure that would have been an uncomfortable conversation, but she went on. She just said, okay, that's fine. And she went on with her life and she did. She made a couple more runs back down South and she took some, she got more slaves, brought them back up. Even after this instance, she did not stop. She knew now what her mission was. And her mission was to be the Moses uh, of slaves back at that time. We'll be right back to finish the story of Harriet Tudman after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Welcome back. We're going to finish off the story of the of Harriet Tudman, and we're going to show how the story of Harriet Tudman relates to you in ways and things that you are doing right now in your life. So like I said, Harriet Tudman, she was a conductor of the Underground Railroad. She was probably the number one conductor of the Underground Railroad. She freed 70 slaves uh, between 194, I'm sorry, 1849 and the Civil War. When the Civil War started, 
the United States government came to her because they knew that she really knew the terrain down south and they used her as a spy. Uh, not only was she a, she was a spy, she was a nurse. She did a lot to help the Union Army. And as a matter of fact, she is known in the United States as the first known woman to lead troops into combat, armed combat. She is the first person to do that. Now, you would think that she would get like the Medal of Honor. You would think that she would get all these things because like this woman and not only did she lead him into combat, they won the Union Army won that battle. So you would think that, man, she's going to get everything back then. No, she did not. She didn't get anything back then. As a matter of fact, when she did everything she could do and 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 bent the rules and, and did all these things to make sure uh, that the Union troops won in battle and were victorious in the Civil War, not that she was the only one, but she did. She was a very key player in the Civil War. You would think that they would give her uh, a pension. You would give her everything. But no, even though they weren't going by the book to bring her in so she can lead an armed combat, they were not going by military book at all. They ended up going by the book when it was time to honor and reward Harriet Tudman. They gave her $200 cash, which was probably, what, $4,000, $3,000 of what, the money that we have today. And they said, thank you very much. And they gave her a train ticket to go back, to go up to New York because she had purchased some land uh, from uh, Seward, who was uh, the, the senator at the time with, with the radical Republicans. So she got some land in New York and she was on her way up there. Even when she was up there, they said, you know what? We do not have enough room for white people on this train. You're going to have to sit in the smoking car. And she didn't want to sit in the smoking car. So again, guess what? She gets in a fight again. See, I don't think, I mean, I really do think that you just did not mess with Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman was absolutely a fighter and she did not play it. If she knew that she deserved something, she was going to get it. And it was even after the Civil War. But she went up and again, like I said, they went by the book. She never got a military pension. She never got anything from the United States government. And, you know, and that probably happens to us now when we go out on a limb and we stick our neck out for friends and we stick our neck out for family and we don't go by the book. Sometimes we do things that really tries to help. We really try to help someone out. And then when we go back to get assistance from that individual, then all of a sudden, oh, the rules are back in play now. We're going to have to do it this way. And sometimes that does happen to us. I remember one time with me, and I know it's happened to everybody, but I'm going to give you a circumstance. One time, a, a colleague of mine was looking for a job, and I knew how this colleague of mine can get this job. So I went, set up a luncheon with the other people that had the job opening, made sure everybody sat down. I was sitting there and I was with them all. And, and, and she ended up applying for the job right then and there because she had a quote unquote in, she ended up getting the, the, um, the, uh, uh, the uh, interview. And then she actually got the job. So she got all of it. She got the job and massive promotion for this individual. And so I went to this individual and I said, Hey, listen, Hey, I'm about, look, I'm looking for something different. It's time for me to move on and do something different. Can I please get a reference from you? The reply from that was, Hey, we never worked directly. So I don't think I, I don't feel comfortable giving you a reference. Now, hold on. 
first of all, this was not a work reference, for so to speak. This was a character reference to say, hey, how does he work in certain circumstances? It wasn't you're my supervisor writing a reference. This is a totally different type of reference. Why is it now we have to go by the book and you feel uncomfortable, but when it was the other way around, now you feel a little comfortable. And that happens to us a lot. We all do that. Do I? Did I ever stop doing that? No. Have I ever hooked other people up in the after that situation happened? Yes. And that's what you should always do. But you should be mindful of those things. And those are the things that that it's going to happen to you. Don't sit there and say, well, I'm never going to do that again. Don't don't take that position. Just be mindful of who you're taking the position with and and, and who you are going to help and who you're not going to help and who you're ever going to help again. Sometimes you'll sit there and say, OK, fine, I, I will put this in my uh, uh, Rolodex, so to speak, and this will Make, I'll make sure that this never happens again. So you want to watch out how you do this. But in the same thing with Harriet Tudman, Harriet Tudman didn't say, well, I am no longer going to help the United States government again. The United States government was going through some serious growing pains back then. They were going through growing pains when it comes to equality for everything and everybody. I mean, it's not like it is today. And a lot of people argue that we still have a lot more, uh, a lot more to do. But back then, it really, we had a hell of a lot to do back then. We had women's rights. Women did not have any rights. Blacks got to vote, well, in certain states. Blacks got to vote before women did. All right? So what does Harriet Tubman do? Harriet Tubman doesn't go like say, well, you know what? This country is just jacked up. I did all I could do. I'm done. No. She went and she actually fought for women's suffrage. And she did a great job fighting for women's suffrage until she died. And she did a great, she did a lot of things back then to help this country to be what it is today. Today, she is probably really close to being on the $20 bill. They are projecting by 2030, Harriet Tubman will be on a $20 bill and it would be great to see her on it. She is also an inspiration to a lot of people. But today, I want her to be an inspiration to you. And I want you to think, I want you to go back like I said, Sting says history will teach us nothing. I think that Harriet Tubman does teach us a very valuable lesson. Uh, she teaches us the lesson, like number one, the number one lesson she teaches us is in order for us to grow, we have to become uncomfortable and we have to take risk and we have to take sacrifice. Harriet Tubman became who she was because she did those three things. She took a risk, she got uncomfortable and she made sacrifices. The other thing that we have to know is just because we know it's best for us doesn't mean it's best for them. And that is a very, very hard thing to take because sometimes you are doing things to help others out, to make your circumstance and your family's circumstance better. They may not want to do it. They may not want to do it. And don't stop doing it because they don't want to do it. Because you see something better. You see your promised land. Don't stay in their quote unquote promised land because you don't want to lose them. Because your promised land has something better. And sometimes that means you have to shed friends and family. And that is a very painful thing to do. Sometimes you have to shed business partners. Sometimes you just have to move forward because you know that that's the best thing that you can do. And that is a valuable lesson. And the final lesson is do not turn your back on others because others turned your back on you. That is not the way it works. Because somebody has maybe 
done you wrong. Don't think, don't take that they did me wrong. So I'm going to do everybody else wrong, or I'm going to stop moving forward and doing the things that are come natural to me because someone else did me wrong. Again, be mindful of the next person you help, but also make sure that you always do the best you can to make this world a better place and being making the world a better place is sometimes reaching out and giving somebody a helping hand. And that is one thing you have to do. Hopefully this has really helped you out. I will be back tomorrow and I have another historical figure I want to talk to you about. Uh, we talked today about taking risk and getting uncomfortable. Tomorrow we are going to talk about overcoming failure. So you can roll through your history uh, lessons from back in high school and wonder who I'm talking about. We will talk again tomorrow. See you then.